you are being watched. The government has a secret system, a podcast that recounts every episode of Person of Interest. I know, because we made it. We designed the podcast to continue our bullshit, but we see everything. Random numbers of the week. People like you. Episodes the average viewer deems irrelevant. You wouldn't watch it, so we did. But I needed partners. Someone who had never watched this before. Hunted by weirdos on the internet, we record in secret. We will never find them. But, newbie or diehard, if your episode's up, we will find you. Hello, and welcome to the Library for a Podcast of Interest. This is a rewatch podcast for a person of interest, featuring two veteran operatives and one newly initiated. My name is Justin, and joining me are my two associates, my veteran operative Jude and our new recruit, Anna. Jude, Anna, how you doing? I had to brave Costco today. Good night. Brave I'm sorry. Costco. I mean, uh, I mean, Costco is an adventure for me, but be- that's because like Costco is a is a is a sometimes thing because I don't have a membership. Yeah. Uh, see, the thing with post pandemic Costco is you can't. There's no sa- like you can't safely enjoy the samples, and the crowds are a problem more than they were before. Going to Costco for, you know, Halloween candy on the Friday before Halloween was perhaps not my best life <laughs> oh, shit. choice. Yeah, no, rip to you. That's Yeah, that's, no, uh, I hadn't thought about that. Yeah. Uh however, I did rip get you, but I'm different. I did get a bag of chocolate candy, a, a bag of non-chocolate candy, and three bags of gummy eyeballs. Nice. And I found two pumpkins that were only moderately severely deformed. Excellent. I spent an hour at the park across the street with Golden Sonic, a.k.a. my son. That's his costume this year, Golden Sonic. Excellent. Uh, He put it on yesterday for the school Halloween and has refused to take it off, uh, except when absolutely necessary. Um, And I do (laughs) not include using the bathroom in that. He held it all day on Thursday uh, rather than take it off to use the bathroom. Love Uh, that. (laughs) So I expect that's, I've got more of that tomorrow in my future. So yeah, that was my day. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Oh, and then I spent like an hour and a half on Target's website looking at all their, I love, don't get me wrong. I'm not one of those like Midwest Target people. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Target's awesome for like almost everything you need. Uh, but they have the most banana pants selection of Halloween shit every year. I don't understand it. Like. It's not just how much there is; it's the fucking wild variety. Oh yeah, of it. I mean you've seen you've seen the pineapple, right? Yeah, it, it's the, it's the weirdest just, shit. They just ha- it's just like they go out and they hit like if is it a skull? Is it a ghost? Is it a bat? Yeah, shove it on the shelves. These white folk will buy it. Yeah, for for <laughs> reference, I have a it sits i i have i have like two halloween things that are on my i have like a shelf that sits above my monitors the four things there are a lego a wing a branded lighter from a wrestler like a little skeleton doll that with that its legs hang off the edge and this pineapple the pineapple is just a pile of skulls shaped into a pineapple oh beautiful you can like make it yeah it's oh i love that it's, it's pretty it's, good. It's terrible, and I love it. Yeah, and you can. It has light up eyes. The skull pineapple sits next to Marcus. I was gonna that's say beautiful. that seems the appropriate place to put it. It's my household gods. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think either of the episodes we're talking about tonight are particularly spoopy. No, <laughs> no, neither of them are. The, the first one that we're talking about does sort of have a creep in it. So does that count? I mean, not, not I, creep isn't spoopy. True. But yeah, we are covering two episodes tonight. Episodes three and four of season three. Uh, those are Lady Killer and Reasonable Doubt. I do not have uh, Lady Killer. So whoever has that, take us away. That would be me. Uh, this one is written by Amanda Siegel and directed by Omar Madha. Our number of the week is Ian Murphy, a dude who grew up poor but received a chunk of money in inheritance and now is an entrepreneur and pickup artist. <laughs> uh, the team initially suspects of, of being a stalker, very reasonably, and of moving on from stalking to murder. Uh, so Carter, Shaw, and Zoe all go to his favorite club, club to get more intel. After a date with Carter ends with him being attacked by hard, hired killers, the team realizes that he's just kind of creepy about his dating research and is a victim rather than a perpetrator. He turns out to have been targeted by Bruce Wellington, a wealthy auction house owner and real estate magnate who was the father of Ian's college girlfriend uh, named Dana. Ian's inheritance money was actually a payoff after his girlfriend became pregnant. Ian was told that she had an abortion and to stay out of her life. This was not entirely the truth, though. Dana did not have an abortion, and Ian has a son named Alex, who was raised by Dana's older sibling. Ian is in danger because of his blood ties to Alex and because of Dana's recent death. Uh, Bruce Wellington is concerned that he's going to come and take his son away. The team managed to snag Alex's birth certificate, and father and son go on to, I guess, theoretically live happily ever after? Shrug. Uh, the more interesting subplot follows, of course, Root, because it's finally time for her to leave the psychiatric facility that Harold placed her in. Hirsch has tracked her down, so she breaks up with her psychiatrist, sedates all the guards with stolen meds, incapacitates Hirsch like a fucking badass, and leaves. Notably, the machine tells her not to kill Hirsch. She's as surprised as we are. Harold arrives to find Root gone and all of the chaos that she left in her wake, and tells Reese that they they have a problem. I love this episode. And it's I'll, very fun. There's I love the I love the number. I love the the root subplot. I love having fucking Shaw, Carter, and Zoe all in one episode. Mm -hmm. There's nothing I don't like about this episode. I love that the number. Let's start with the number. Why I, love I don't the like the number. I don't I like don't, the number. I don't like him as a person. I like that he's a fucking dupe. I like that he, <laughs> that he is. They don't even pretend to try and make him likable in the sense of like, they don't try to make him out like a hero. Like they clearly portray him as a guy that does not have his shit together. But they, I just think that the stuff they do with him is fucking hilarious. Like... Like he kidnap he kidnaps his son, yes. Like on out of impulse, pure panic on impulse, yeah. and I love and then that like, scene. And then it's like, uh, Carter, I may have done something bad. <laughs> Save yeah. me. He's what a normal person actually would be if they were a number of like, I panicked, I did yes. something. <laughs> I love it. I like I said, he's creepy, he's weird, but I like that he's entirely realistic. Like the whole idea of like. This guy offered you millions of dollars to just stay out of your ex-girlfriend's life. And 
people are like, oh, I would never do this. I thought it was 100,000. Wasn't whatever it was. Yeah, it was 100,000. Still, that's like life changing money. Yeah. Like to stay away from your college girlfriend, which one? Sure. I'll take half that. <laughs> I, I, yeah, the, six digits to, to stay away from a college girlfriend? Mm, um, you don't need that many. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, his panicked, his panicked kidnapping attempt is fucking hilarious. Carter, Shaw, and Zoe, that whole scene, this episode could suck on every other level. And that scene with the three of them, <laughs> yeah. that whole sequence with the three of them would make it worth being in the show. Yeah, because oh, yeah. that scene has like Shaw being like, fuck you, I look good. And and them all like squeeing over the tiny gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. First they're all comparing how good they look, and then they immediately pivot to where they're hiding their guns, which is such a fucking flex a uh, flex moment for this episode, where it's like these women are not just to look at; you should be afraid of them. And it's just like and like even even Zoe has a taser. Yeah, yeah. They're all armed. But I love that Shaw brings out this tiny little gun. And yeah, they're all like, it's like a teacup pig to them. It's so good. The other thing is like, Carter's like, don't worry, I brought protection. And Shaw just like, like, manically pulls out her gun. She's like, look, I brought one too. I brought one too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, look, let's bond. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And you don't realize how badly you wanted the three of them to interact until that moment. Yeah. But let me tell you, I don't even care that I'm spoiling it. This will not be the last time you see the three of these women hanging out. <laughs> and it's amazing. We've got some great Shaw stuff, including the line of describing the number that sociopathic. Not that that's a bad thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> she and John get a very fun talk about each other's romantic lives. Yeah. <laughs> or... or in Shaw's case, the lack of one and just like, I, I use people. Thank you. Yeah. She basically. Yeah. You find somebody, describes you fuck men them a like, few times and then you move on. Like, obviously that that's, that's the, yeah. uh, and she's so like, you know, yeah, that's, that's how I operate. It's fine. It's cool. Yeah. Props to her, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I frankly, I, we're gonna get to this at our in like the next podcast episode, but frankly, if I if I stopped at Shaw's place, if I, like if I saw Shaw's place, I would not I would not continue dating her. <laughs> 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 like yeah. partly out of mm, and partly out of self preservation. Open, open fridge to get out milk. Close fridge again. Yeah. Leave. Yeah, I also really love Root standing over Hirsch with a gun and she goes really him god yeah that line is so good amy acker god bless her amy acker never gives less than her entire being to this role and i love her for that and she's great it's amazing the way that she acts against a fucking bluetooth headset in this in in a lot of episodes of this show is divine and i mean a lot of people in the show do that mm-hmm. but like you compare her to other people and it's a really dramatic difference it really is is impressive and she just i just love it really does sound like feel like she's having a conversation and uh it was it's fantastic i had so i had so much fun 
watching this episode and I wait for that moment where she's just like, really? really? Him? Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. She also has the line of, I'll have transcended this reality. Yeah. Which is, she's both incredibly unhinged and yet like actually seems to be somewhat better now, maybe? Yeah. Question marks? Like she's not quite as murderous at least. We'll see it more in the next couple of episodes than this one. So I think maybe we'll talk about it more uh, in episode 25 than in the than tonight mm-hmm. uh but the difference in root pre hospital stay and post she may have some she may snark at finch about sticking her there but mm-hmm. boy howdy did it work yeah because before she was an unrepentant sociopath and after she had you know she spent some time communing with her god and mm-hmm. now she is firmly in line. She is a, a bef- before she's just a rogue nutter. And after she is effectively Joan of Arc. <laughs> she, she's a woman on a mission and yeah. uh, she is in touch with her goddess and is ready to rumble. And honestly, like, Analog interface route is a lot more dangerous than independent operator for hire route. Yeah. Yeah. Let's talk about that because I couldn't remember when we see, when we see the tag the first time, but it turns out it's in the intro and I'm just, mm-hmm. I, th- this is what happens. And, when it's, you and it's there when patient. she picks up the phone too. There's like the yeah. activating analog interface. Yeah. Yes. Which is not, it's not clear at that point whether it's activating a way for Root to interface with the machine. But at this point, I feel like it's clear to me, at least, that the analog interface is the way for the machine to interface with the world. Yeah. That Root is there as the machine's meat body. Yeah. the I mean, yeah. Root is very much the machine's agent or avatar in the world mm-hmm. and i think analog interface is a perfect way of describing that in mm-hmm. in machine talk uh and i love that that is what she's become she has submitted herself to the machine and become its willing agent and is you see that you see that in this yeah. episode where she has just absolute complete trust yeah, yeah. She she believes in the machine and is willing to let to to put herself at the disposal of the machine in, in whatever way that means. That is going to. I mean, we're going to see over the rest of the season the absolutely wild ways that's going to play out. It's fantastic. There, there's one part of the number plot that I that does really bug me on this one, which is that Just kid. One? I mean, there's a lot about the number plot that's pretty dubious. I mean, his yeah. his entirely like normy reactions to the situations he's in are are fantastic. But yeah, he's also pretty creepy. Uh, and the whole situation is is dubious as shit. Like John tries to have the like you know, talk to him about like no what well, you you're stalking this these people and he's like no 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 they like it and um but then like 
we don't. I mean, once we find we find out that he's like not really. I mean, they're they're basically playing up the stalker end of it for dramatic tension. The thing that gets me though is that he he tries to follow Carter home. (laughs) This actually is stalking. Yeah, but it's it's also he knows what kind of nuts she likes. Yeah. Yeah, it's wild. Um, but the 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 kid yeah. portion bothers me because like the the whole thing of like you know oh well he's gonna come back and like swoop up his son and now they are off living happily ever after. But like as far as that kid's concerned, that kid has two parents who like exist and live yeah. and are in his life, right? Like yeah, that he was raised by I. F- I forget whether his brother or sister and that person's sister. spouse. It was his S- sister it was and his bio mom's sister and her spouse. And yeah, the the fact that they were willing participants in the situation is questionable, but also Oh, it's like, incredibly legal like the legal status of all this is like I'm sure is going to be a wonderful like case study. Um, like i want just like i want like a podcast episode on just like how this custody agreement shook out and like how this went down in family court that would be a fucking hilarious podcast to do we can't do it thankfully because none of us are lawyers i know i know lawyers though i i could uh, taylor labresh uh friend of the show is 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 a law student if we were lawyers it would be funny to do a podcast where you watch an episode and then you like analyze the legal impact of of the episode like you know what are, what are the what are what are the family law consequences of this situation and so on and so forth um that would be see if funny. if we were done talking about this episode, that would have been a great segue for our next one. But are we done talking about this been. episode though? No, we're not. I was saying if we were. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, dubious parental behavior, Shaw kidnaps Bear. Yeah. <laughs> just just takes just takes that dog wherever she wants. Yep. I like that Bear has Bear is a dog that is like. This is a dog that trusts like two people in the entire world and out of nowhere has just been like, oh, you, you're cool. Yeah. He's just added Shaw to the pack. <laughs> Along with Leon. With, well, okay. Yes. And Leon. I mean, Leon is like a younger brother. To, yeah. To Leon's bear. like, Leon's like the puppy of the pack, uh, <laughs> yes. but he's added Shaw as like one of his buds out of no, like with no real, like out of nowhere. And I just like, I just love that. Like. Yes, I know it's like narrative expediency, but also like I 100% buy it. Yeah. That like yeah. Shaw bonds with the dog well before she forms any kind of real bonds with Reese or Finch. Because I mean, I mean, like, especially with big dogs, it's all about your vibes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like if you're chill, the dog is chill. I love that this show, I mean, I love Bear in general, but one of my favorite things about Bear is that they both show him as like highly trained, incredibly intelligent, all of all of that. But he's also a dog, right? Like yes. the scene Oops. of Harold like putting down the bowl of dog food as Bear like patiently waits, and then Bear just like consumes every morsel and molecule in that bowl in about half a second. And Harold's just like, yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> like that's <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've said exactly the same thing to, you know, my childhood dog. Yeah, it is. 
a very accurate depiction of dog ownership, which is so funny because like there's no lack of dogs on TV, but you don't really always get the full picture of dog ownership. And it's funny yeah. that like this show, this weird like AI apocalypse show is one of the shows where you get like an accurate depiction of dog ownership. <laughs> Including that person who just keeps buying stuff for your dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I forgot that this, this is the episode. It's been, a, it's been a little bit since yeah. I watched this one now. Uh, this is the one where she buys him the spiked collar, right? Yeah. Yes. And the, and yeah. the enormous rawhide bone too. The one that's like yeah. three feet long. Dinosaur bone. Yeah. Yeah, it's a good episode. Wish wish it had a wish it had a better number, but everything else makes up for it. I think it's a good number. It's just he's a little he's a little bit like yeah. he's not he's not he's not necessarily the best guy. I think he's an interesting number. It's yeah yeah. Um. So speaking of shady lawyers and dog ownership, uh, <laughs> our next episode is uh, season three, episode four, Reasonable Doubt, written by Melissa Scrivener Love. Directed by Stephen Williams. Our number this week is Vanessa Watkins, a prosecutor whose defense attorney husband has gone missing at sea. As they surveil Vanessa, she is arrested for her husband's murder. Uh, When she's in custody, she knocks out her attorney and steals her clothes to escape. They're able to follow her, but she escapes a police raid by jumping onto a dump truck. As it turns out, Vanessa's husband was cheating on her with her best friend. So the team abducts Vanessa and puts her under a fake trial. This is really convoluted. I'm trying my best to summarize here. Um, <laughs> she didn't know that it was her best friend who Jeremy was cheating, her husband Jeremy was cheating with. And this is able to prove her innocence, I guess, because she was surprised at it. Um, however, the charity that the Watkins owned was emptied out by Jeremy, proving that he wasn't dead. Uh, the husband was planning to lock Vanessa away and run with the money. However, as they're helping her leave town, Harold finds out that Vanessa was in on it too. <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> it's so um, Vanessa confronts Jeremy at his yacht, and John decides, you know what? Fuck it. They both have guns. Let the two of them settle out. The episode ends on a couple of gunshots, and we don't know what happens to them. I hope they're both dead. Um, oh, and that. Carter's rookie, he's a plant for HR. Who saw that coming? <laughs> Anybody that's watched any TV with cops on it? Yeah. Uh, I feel like as garbage as the like spouse number thing is in this one, I feel like it is an improvement on the sort of version of this episode that we had last season with the the spouses who hire yeah. assassins to take each other out because at least in this one we can hope that they both killed each other. Yeah, they yeah. don't make any attempt to make it better. They're both terrible and like and John just like washes his hands of the whole thing. Yeah, I I, I think John's entire thing is like I perform damage control. This is not going to have collateral damage. I'm right. Done. It's like they're yeah. there on the ship and he even he even unhooks the ship from the dock and like pushes it out to sea. Um there there's some funny bits of this episode, namely the opening, which I which I didn't put in there, which yes. is that there is a veterinarian who I, I guess is like some some drug addicts want to steal ketamine from her. And so the machine gave spat out her number, which really honestly does not feel like a premeditated crime. Uh, but we're gonna just 
way better. I feel like I feel like that's probably in the category of the the numbers where like the ones that we saw in in the season two finale where it's just like the pit stops. Yeah, it's yeah. a pit stop one where it's like okay, we can get this done in like four hours. But I like that they took the time. They didn't just send John in to sit in the lobby, wait for the guys to walk in and shoot them. They come up with this fucking this fucking like. Think of like Bear is sick, and it's like, and Bear is is putting on an Oscar performance here. This, yeah, this is what I'm Got saying. The head like, down, they don't the ears just down. Yeah, they don't just like show up and like shoot somebody the way that John normally does. They have this whole fucking like bamboozle to get in the room <laughs> to be there. It's so silly, and Bear's oh. hamming it up, and the two of them are bickering about <laughs> table scraps and, you're just and they're, like, they're doing what the, like, is going the, on they, they, it's like the perfect like gay couple worried about their dog act. yeah um with the yeah with the like john and the occasional table strap and uh, scrap and then harold just being like how dare it's great which yeah. we um, will learn is a fucking lie yeah yeah <laughs> Which is so funny. It's it's the it's like that's the most realistic part about dog ownership. That yeah. yeah. Um yeah. and I ha- I have to say that you're you're like telling me that Bear Bear will be like okay throughout the course of the series was very reassuring because like the start of this, especially with how good a job Bear does at acting, so um good. is it's it was very concerning because like bear is doing a great job of acting very sick he's got his like the body language where he's got his head down and his ears are flat and like you know he he looks like a very sad dog um and and like last episode he was having (laughs) gi distress caused by the enormous rawhide bone that harold commented on oh oh no is bear actually sick (laughs) But thankfully not. It just has a bananas number of twists, though in the in the number plot. Like, it's so it's it's so ridiculous. I kind like it's so ridiculous that it like honestly kind of sort of loops around. It lo- it doesn't loop around to being good. It loops around to being fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to agree to disagree with you on this one. <laughs> I have watched this episode. I have skipped this episode every time I rewatch this series. Since the first time I watched it, I think I've maybe watched it once since the first time I watched it to reaffirm that, that yes, indeed, this episode is not worth my time. Uh, and I have not watched it since watching it for this was the first time I've watched it in years. And I think I made the right choice. I think there are some fun bits in this episode, including well, Sean getting ready to stab a bank manager <laughs> because it's like. If you have to reset your password, I'm going to shoot somebody. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there it's not like it was a bad episode. It's just it didn't make yeah. me angry at any point. I just think it was yeah, it's just not it's just not doing it for me. I don't think it would be one of my favorites, but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed a bunch of the Shaw bits, although I I have to say that I'm happy that like we're going to get her kind of more trusted by slash integrated into the team pretty soon because the whole like well can we really trust her or like is she just like 
you know, a violent maniac um, is getting old at this point. Yeah. Yeah. I, th- I think they played that for like just about exactly the right amount of time. With the with the period of TV it's in, I think you you they let stuff run like an episode or two longer than they do now because now it's like oh people will miss episodes so we want to still give them the plot, right? Yeah, but yeah, there's some great Shaw moments though, like like her at the book club. Um, where she, <laughs> God, the, she, I forgot about the book club. Yeah, where she she shows up at this book club to to investigate the best friend, and she's like, "No, don't worry, it'll be fine. I have a secret weapon, which turns out to be a tote bag full of Chardonnay." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, and and uh, they're like, "I have watched, <laughs> I have watched enough TV about white women to know that Chardonnay is." a skeleton key to all of their social and social uh, situations. And apparently Um, Shaw knows too. Well, yes, Shaw was a spy. How many, how many times do you think Shaw has diffused or used Chardonnay to like break into a, a situation to kill people? She's probably gotten more kills off of Chardonnay than she has some of her guns. (laughs) I want to see, I want to see her kill someone with like a wine cork. I also love that she she like goes into um the other room and like you know figures out figures out the affair etc and then just like comes comes back to the book club and is like oh so did you frame your best friend for murder because you were cheating with her husband yeah just lobs a hand grenade into the conversation and that and then like as everybody is shocked she she's just like no i should i need to keep an eye on you to make sure she doesn't come here and kill you uh so tell me about this book <laughs> yeah it's great yeah. I, th- that's that's really solid but i did i did appreciate the number plot as like it felt like they a much better version of the dismal spouse's plot yeah. last season over the top ridiculous twists at least on a first viewing and then a rewatch were actually fairly fun like it's not one that i would return to for like great plot cultural enrichment <laughs> right but like it was it was garbage in a fun way cool. cool i i think potentially my my beef with this episode has nothing to do with this episode and everything to do with the fact that episode five is is where the the foot hits the gas. Yeah. Yeah. And so valid. if you're watching if you're watching this doing a rewatch, you're like, give me the good stuff. Do I really want to watch this episode that is lower quality than all the episodes around it? Nah, I'll skip it. Yeah. So I think it may be less about the individual episode than the context in which it exists. Yeah. Cause like if if you were to have this in season like in the front half of season two, we wouldn't be complaining about it as much. No, definitely not. Yeah, if you replace this episode with the 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 publishing couple, I like if you <laughs> yeah. like if you if you put that episode where that is, I think it's yeah. And overall, it's like I'm unless I'm like doing a speed watch or something, it's not a huge thing for me. So yeah, yeah. There there was another thing that I did appreciate in this, which is the so the detective who's like going going hard on Vanessa to try to to nail her for her husband's murder there's uh 
So There's a lot of sexual innuendo in that statement. <laughs> Thanks, Jude. Thanks. Um, I did not intend it that way, but uh, I appreciated that he he he's not a member of HR. He's just just your garden variety shit weasel. Yeah. Well, he's a cop. Yeah, yeah, and and like you know, these are the, these are the moments that I value of like that. It's reassuring that the show, by and large, is not copaganda, and having a no. <laughs> and having a scumbag cop who's not HR was was pretty nice, actually. Yeah, we, there are exactly one and a half good cops <laughs> on the show, Carter and Fusco. Thanks to Carter, yeah. Every other cop on this show is dubious at best shamansky i guess shamansky yeah shamansky was okay but but even cal has the like oh just garden variety abuse of power on his record yeah yeah i have a i have a funny i know that face it's not really an i know that face it's i know that voice oh i saw Uh, this and it blew my mind so jennifer akeda who plays the veterinarian dr jensen uh marvel did um a post-apocalyptic series of like their old man at Logan, old man, Hawkeye, whatever. Um, their Wastelander series. Um, Dr. Uh, Jennifer Akeda played Rachel Summers, which is amazing. The, the Phoenix, um, not, not Jean Grey, the, 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 the one who had it longer. Um, <laughs> the Ascani mother of Scotty is like, yeah, she plays Rachel Summers. Betsy Braddock's girlfriend. I love this. This is the random weird shit that I love of finding these weird, like, like I didn't even know Rachel Summers was in that series. And now I want to go see it because, well, it's, frankly, a, it's, a, it's an audio drama. Yes. Can't see Interesting. it. Yeah. I want to put it in my earballs. <laughs> uh, are we done with this one? I think we are. All right. Yeah. So next time we are going to be covering episodes five and six of season three. But those are Rosgavor and Mors Prematura. Until next time, you are being watched. The Babylon Project is an independent production. All views expressed on the show are our own. Clips from the original show remain property of the original owner. Music information can be found in the show notes. The rest of the show is licensed under a Creative Commons 4.0 share-alike no derivatives license.